Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Okay, today we have in studio Gibbs Wilson with Alpha Omega Title, and we're talking all week long about God, your wallet, and your finances in the workplace. And today Gibbs is going to talk about can we give the Lord glory? Can we bring glory to the Lord with the way we handle money in our company? Can God be glorified by our corporate finances? And can we use it as a witness to how we handle money? Gibbs, you've been on the show one other time. I want to thank you for coming back. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for, for having me. <laughs> I hope you're still grateful at the end of the show that you're still grateful to be here. All right. I want, as I do as the beginning of every show, I want people to hear from your heart on how Christ has impacted your life because I want everybody to know that there are business people all over Tampa Bay who are, who are looking to glorify God with their workplace. And Gibbs, you're one of those people. So talk about how Christ has impacted your life. Christ has impacted my life, you know, beginning with helping me to start a business. He helped me to find my wife, and uh, and now he's helping me to use my, my business as a ministry. 
Okay, that's that's good. I want everybody to understand now. Now Gibbs is a title guy, and his wife is a CPA, so he's not going to have the same energy levels I have. But he's very particular about what he says. So don't think that he's that he's falling asleep on the radio because he's not. He's very careful. Unlike me, he thinks before he speaks. And you don't want your title guy to be like me. You do not want your title guy to be high strung and spastic like I am because you want the paperwork to be right when you go to close on your home. So just just as a clarification, <laughs> I brought. Gibbs on because when I asked around Tampa Bay for somebody who could give me an example of that that God is represented in their finances, I kept hearing from people, you gotta talk to Gibbs Wilson. You gotta bring Gibbs Wilson back on the show. You gotta talk to Gibbs Wilson from Alpha Omega title. Gibbs Wilson is the guy. Not because Gibbs Wilson is this guy that's that's loves fame and fortune, because he doesn't but because he has chosen to allow God to be glorified in his finances. So, Gibbs, I say that, I I hope you don't take that as offensive. I want people to understand why. Because you think before you speak, which is a gift I have prayed for all my life that I could think before I speak. Talk about, you're the owner of Alpha Omega Title. When did you make the decision to put Christ at the forefront of your business? Well, at the beginning, God answered my prayer as far as to start the business and what to call it. Okay. And and then it took some time before I joined C12 in about 1998. Okay. And at that point, I started to learn to use my business as marketplace and ministry in order to bless employees as well as to bless the community. Okay. So when you named Alpha Omega, obviously you had God in mind when you named the title agency. Absolutely. I mean, that Absolutely. part's pretty obvious. But you hadn't been, I mean, how many years before 1998 when you got involved in C12 had the business started? What year did your business start? I started it in 1983. Okay, so it was a long time. So yeah. you were 15 years in the business before you started getting discipled on workplace ministry. Yes. Okay, so when you look at how you handled business in a Christ-like fashion before 1998 and how you've handled it since then in the last 16 years, is there a, is there a marketed difference in how you do it? There is. When I joined C12, as well as I went through Impact Tampa Bay okay. program called Impact Leadership, that you know, I, I just began to have a greater focus because I was meeting once a month with with accountability partners and and being held to task that we were going to make make some changes or implement some new ideas in the company that would honor God and uh, bless employees customers and the community. And was that a new idea to you? I mean, had you ever heard that in church? Had you ever heard it in a Bible study? Was that a new idea, this whole incorporating God into your workplace? It was. You know, I I would do it naturally just in making decisions, but I really didn't look at it like sort of like having church while you work. Okay, and it and it, you know, I don't know if it's like having church. Although the fellowship part, I mean, the workplace can become a place of fellowship and, and encouragement, which is what the church, the body of Christ, is supposed to be. I never think about it as like church because I think at church we get to sing and then we you know we got to shake hands, do the whole intro thing, and then there's a, a sermon. But you don't often get to do the sermon part or the music part at work, but you get to do the ministry part at work. Well, absolutely, absolutely. I'm- what do, you, what do you like best? You know, you, you named your company in 1983, Alpha Omega Title. I think that's awesome. So 15 years, 
you operated a business, and really through some tough times, because there was tough economic times at the end of the 80s, in the early 90s, uh, the slowdown, I don't know, did real estate ever slow down here in the 90s? Because in the Midwest, it really slowed down in the early 90s. It did a little bit. We, we had a recession, and uh, the RTC, Res- Resolution Trust Corporation, uh, took over a lot of failed savings and loans. That's right, that's the savings and loans debacle. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay, all right. So... So your inspiration for incorporating Christ in your workplace came from C12. Who told you about C12? Did you have a buddy that had been in it, or how did you get him intro, uh, introduced to C12? Well, I knew Scott Hitchcock okay. through his heading up the Dale Carnegie franchise. Okay. And then he was encouraged to, to start or head up a, a group of C12. And, you know, he called on me as a former customer, and, and I heard about it, and it really resonated with me. I thought, this is something that I need to do. So you've known Scott Hitchcock from even before in his Dale Carnegie <laughs> days. Close did to 30 have, years ago. Wow. So was his hair, uh, did he have color in his hair back then? Or, you know, because he's got, he's got nice <laughs> white hair like you do. I don't have any hair, so it's nice. But Scott's a guy with a lot of energy. He, he's a firecracker. Absolutely. <laughs> so the C12 experience, was it right away that you saw that this would apply in your workplace? Was it right away, even from your first meeting, that, wow, what they're talking about, that really makes sense? I saw a value in it right away. It, it really struck a note with me. And uh, Buck Jacobs had started it out of Tampa, and then it had gone national. By the time that I had joined it, he had moved out of the city. But, uh, you know, it, it resonated right away. Hmm. Now, how many guys were in your group uh, from the beginning? Because he was just starting in in 98, right? Scott was down here. Mm -hmm. So how many guys were in the group? I think we had about 12 in our group that that met at the center club. So it was a nice-sized group. It it was, and he had several. And we've got next week, I've got Ross Harrop coming in to talk about C12 and the value of corporate accountability. And C12 plays such a huge role in that. When we come back, I really want to start talking about how did you start implementing the changes in your company uh, at Alpha Omega. It's time for our book highlight segment brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. The book that I'm highlighting today is Your Money Counts by Howard Dayton. With the economy reeling. In the wake of the past recession, many people are experiencing such financial challenges as credit card debt, downsizing, dead-end jobs, bankruptcies, lost homes, foreclosures, and inadequate or depleted savings. With these challenges come others as well. Recent studies confirm that more than half of all divorces are the result of financial pressures at home. And spiritually, many people are struggling to maintain biblical perspective amidst the constant tug of materialism. But there's hope. The Bible has a ton to say about money. In fact, over 2,350 verses. The Bible is a veritable blueprint for managing your finances. I recommend every Christian household should be reading this book and have the Bible right alongside of it. And in fact, you need to read this book. Don't wait for the movie. All right, we're back live and in Tampa Bay, right here with Gibbs Wilson with Alpha Omega Title. And if you want to get a cop, get a copy of that book. If you want to get the gift card from Karis Christian Books and Gifts, call into the studio line, 855-265-2929. If you'd like to text us during the show with a question for Gibbs or myself, you can text us at 727-487-9863. 727-487-9863. Okay, Gibbs, right before the break, we were talking about some of the things you implemented in your in your business 
after you started going to C12, some changes that you started to make as a result of understanding that your workplace was a ministry place. What are some of the things that you did? Well, through Impact Tampa Bay and its program called Impact Leadership, we've put a number of employees through the, the program. Okay, so you did some discipleship by sending them mm-hmm. some great programs. And we've started Bible studies in the branch and uh, also began ministries. Such as? What do you mean you, you began ministries? Well, for instance, we've done metropolitan ministries, and, and we'd go and volunteer to do their back-to-school backpacks and you know hang around the, the children as they're accumulating uh, things to put in their backpack to start school again. Sure. We've been uh, part of the V99, a reality theater ministry to reach out to youth. So we've funded and helped to volunteer to, to be part of that program. We've done uh, Feeding Children Everywhere, where we uh, coordinated with DeBartolo Development, who, who hosted the program, and the majority of the Alpha Omega Title employees went down to help pack meals for hungry children around the world. And, and it's a great team-building event, but it also was ministering to the hungry children. Hmm. And uh, we, we also invited about 20 National Elementary Honor Society students, and uh, both of my children happened to be within that mix. And we let them have the experience of, of packing and doing something that, that was blessing someone else. And, and then afterwards, Ed Coble, the president of DeBardo Development, took them up into the huge boardroom that he's got. Um, you know, Ed Coble's father was uh, Ed DeBartolo, the originator of the outdoor malls. And uh, they were impressed by the story, hearing about how the family owned the San Francisco 49ers and some other teams. And uh, so the kids were inspired and motivated by how Ed put God first in his life and how God, in response, blessed his business. That's fantastic. And we've had Ed on the show. He's got a great testimony. Great. It's been a lot of he's he has been a huge part of impacting Tampa Bay. Of course, he he did that so much he had to name an organization Impact Tampa Bay. Yes. Let, let's talk about you know we're talking this week about God, our wallet and our business finances. And so I want to talk about okay, you went you started getting involved in C12. You started understanding that yes, God looked at your workplace as a ministry place that you were called in the mission field of your workplace, but God started to also impact how you handled money. He started to um, just say, okay, Gibbs, it's not all for you. And that's what you, you developed some of these ministries. You started participating in some of these ministries. But what were some of the specific things that you did on the financial side of your business to reflect your faith in Christ? My wife and I prayed about it and talked about it. My wife is Lori. She's our CFO and is a CPA and has her MBA. So she's really good with numbers. And, and we committed together that we were going to intentionally tithe. You know, previously we just sort of roughly gave as it felt good, but we weren't looking at the numbers. Afterwards, we decided we were going to make sure that we were at least tithing and then a little more and supporting Christian nonprofits like National Christian Foundation, Impact Tampa Bay, Ashore Women's Center, Family First, you know, and of course our church and Westtown Church and, and many others. That's a good plug. You got to plug in for your church. Sure. I like I like how you did that. Okay, so the first thing you did was to intentionally tithe, and you didn't specify, but you're intentionally tithing on the profits of the business. The 
the profits of the business plus our salaries. Plus, your, well, of course, I'm I'm looking at the business side. I would have stopped. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't assume, but yes, I'm assuming you're tithing on your salaries. That's what you're taking home. But sure. in the business stuff, you're saying you're you're tithing. The business makes a uh, hundred thousand dollars. You're tithing on the profit, the bottom line, the Schedule C income, whatever you want on your taxes. That's what you're tithing on. Definitely. Okay. All right. So, because a lot of people say, well, I don't need to tithe on that. I just tithe on whatever money I take home. That's what I need to tithe on. Why did you guys to decide to not only just tithe on your salaries, but also on the profits of the business. We just got convicted that to not do so was robbing from God. You know, reading through the the, the passage in Malachi where where it challenges challenges us to you know bring our full tithe and and uh, and to test God and, and that when we do so he will shower blessings upon us. So we decided we were going to test them. Hmm. Okay. So that was the first thing you did. You intentionally were tithing on your profits. What was the next thing you did? As you saw God moving and blessing that, that, I mean, you know, let's just jump ahead to the conversation we were having before the show. You saw in action the formula. You know, everybody, there's all kinds of, there are people listening today that are not Christ followers and that, that think that, you know, evolution is absolutely true and, and, and they, they think that everything can be predicted mathematically. And the cool thing about God is that he created math. And one of the greatest principles I learned from going through Crown Ministries is what you told me about before the show, is that it didn't make any sense you took money out of your bottom line, and you had more left after doing that than you did before you started. Yes, God's so, math was brilliant, <laughs> and that instead of having less when we gave more to him, that we, we had left over, and that we were able to, to bonus more, and, and we were able to also save more. So it, it was shockingly surprising and but it was uh, quite a blessing the crown ministry principle and we're going to talk more about this on tomorrow's show but the crown ministry principle that i or the math formula that i love is 100 percent minus 10 percent still equals 100 percent and that formula freaks people out but it, it the funnest thing i've ever seen in in a christ follower's life is somebody comes to martha and i and says hey we're broke we're over our heads. We spend more money than we make. And the first question Martha and I ask him is, are you tithing? Not because the church needs your money, not because God needs your money, but because it's a step of faith to tithe. It's a step of faith saying, I'm going to put my trust in God to provide my finances instead of myself. And so you take that 10% out of 100%, they already, they're they already broke. But you, give, you challenge them, to start tithing. You'll never get out of debt until you start tithing. And they start to tithe, and all of a sudden, there's margin in their finances that they never had margin before, but now they got margin. And that's what you saw in your business. Absolutely. God is the source. God owns it all. And we're just a steward. And and when we give, as he says, he gives back overflowing. And you mentioned that you increased your amount of giving, but you also increased the amount of saving. Why would a business save money? Well, we just save for lean times. I mean, for instance... At the bottom of the bust in the real estate business in two thousand eight, you mean, or nine, ten, whatever. Yep. That that we had to not only take no salary that year, but we had to take from our savings two hundred thousand dollars in order to keep the doors open. That that was funding 
a good portion of every employee's salary. And so sometimes you have a, a rainy day like that that you have to save up for if you're able. And, and But that's what God calls us to do. He calls us to be prepared. He doesn't call us to hoard all our money and spend all our money. He wants us to save up some for a rainy day. He doesn't sure. want us to hoard up all a bunch of money, but he wants us to be prepared for those lean times because we all have them. I mean, and there's no such thing as an emergency if you're prepared. I mean, that wasn't an emergency. It was a tough spot that you were in, but it wasn't an emergency because you had savings at home to take care of yourself, obviously, because you couldn't live on nothing. And your business had savings to take care of yourself during tough times. And those were tough times. I mean, in your lifetime, in my lifetime, those are tough times. Absolutely. All right, Michael's telling me to go out, but yeah, that was a little early, Michael. It's okay. He wants me to be done. All right, so what was another thing you started doing? Well, we started to, to bonus more to our employees when we had more money. And, and what I did was I had decided that when I previously had, had bonused and just threw it into their paycheck electronically, that the employees barely noticed and, and no one was grateful for it. But instead, I decided to give cash and... And uh, it made a big difference. All right, Gibbs, right before the break, we were talking about how one of the, the third thing you did, first thing you, in, you intentionally tied off the profits of your company, and then you increased your savings. And then you said you increased bonuses that you gave people. But there's a pretty specific way on how you did that. You're not, you're not doing a profit-sharing plan. You're actually bonusing. So talk to me about what you implemented at Alpha Omega Title to share the profits of the company. The bonus that I do... You know, everyone knows is discretionary by ownership, and that it's it's fair, and it's rewarding, and that it it incentivizes teamwork, productivity, and great client service. So you're not just giving them a bonus to give them a bonus. You're actually being intentional with how you give them a bonus. Absolutely, and I do. I found that giving cash was tremendously in multiples more rewarding than if I just shoved it into a, a paycheck. So you give them, so you don't actually give them cash. I mean, you're giving them a, a, a check that's separate from their, their paycheck? No, nope. I actually give them cash once a month. Okay. So don't go to our branches looking for, <laughs> for, for cash because you'll be surprised. It's not there that often, but just once a month that I come. It's sort of like Santa Claus to them. Sure. And, and I give them the hard cash as a reward for good work. And you said two big things, though. You don't, you don't just give them a, a bonus based on, hey, you're an employee or you're going to get a bonus. You're looking for two things, positive attitude and great performance. That's right. The productivity and you know, great attitude and you know, good customer service wraps into that and, and teamwork as well. So it's internal and external great service. And how do you judge that? How are you rating those people? Do you, do you guys do do reviews on each other, on, on feedback that they're getting? How do you know if the person is having a great attitude with the customers on the phone and great attitude at closings? How do you, how do you rate that to know whether they're really deserving of a bonus? That's a great question. We've just recently completed a 360-degree review where every employee rates every other employee, including rating themselves. And... Uh, you might be surprised that people rate themselves pretty highly most of the time. <laughs> no, I'm not surprised about that. 
Just kidding. But uh, people are. But aren't people normally pretty critical of themselves, or not? Not really. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but but it is telling because we get the true story from all of the other employees, and, and we're encouraging them to be honest. There's there's no good point of the review unless there's transparency and honesty. But but we find where the strengths are with every employee, and we find where the weaknesses are. So, you know, it's tremendously helpful. Hmm. Okay, so <clears throat> once a month they know they're going to get rewarded for good performance, positive attitude, uh, for really being a major contributor to the company. And you found that to be a whole lot better than doing a profit-sharing plan that was just part of their paycheck. How did you, how did you judge that? Well, when I put it into the paycheck, I would not hear a single thank you. And, you know, it was as if no one even noticed. But when I deliver it by hand, you know, every single employee thanks me while I'm thanking them for their great service that, that helped us, you know, achieve a profit that previous month. Now, are there ever times where people don't get a bonus check? That's true, that there are times when we don't make a profit. No, so, I mean, like, okay, there's 10 employees. How many employees do you have? About 22. Okay, so we've got 22 employees, and because you're, it's based on attitude, performance, productivity, you know, treating the customer right, do you ever have times where 20 people get bonuses and two people don't because they didn't contribute the way they should? I haven't been that harsh. You know, normally speaking, you know, everyone gets a bonus, but it is skewed you know, according to each person's productivity and, and attitude. So there are different amounts, absolutely. You know, there there are the superstars and the ones that have given a half effort, and, and there may be some that that are on the borderline uh, of giving good service. But, but uh, I'm very fair, and I think virtually everyone knows that, that what they have received you know, was, was a good trade for their good service. And as you, you described, you're, you're handing out these bonuses. Of course, those are still reflected on their their uh, their W-2s at the end of the year. Sure. Okay. Yeah, it goes through payroll. <clears throat> right, it still goes through payroll. You just tell the payroll company what you've given out. Correct. Okay. I just want to make sure, just because this is a Christian talk radio show. Yeah. Yes, we are abiding by the laws of the land. Don't come hunting. Yes. Um, so how have you found this impacted productivity because now you're really rewarding people based on productivity so normally when you reward productivity and great attitude you would see an increase in both have you seen that well there has been a great additional productivity and i would just have to say that that i think it's reflective of the, the tithe first and, and then the bonus that so you know i believe that god is rewarding us for putting him first in the tithe. And then second, the employees are, are clearly motivated by the reward. And, and you know, I, I think it should be motivating, and, and we've had that experience. So we have had our most profitable months and years when we've doubly implemented tithing and, and bonuses discretionary and by cash. And how did you come across the percentage of what 
profits you were gonna you were gonna bonus off of. Because a lot of people out there listening going, okay, I like that idea because uh, I want to reward my employees. I want to keep my good employees because good employees that you keep are way cheaper than finding new employees because new employees are so expensive to find and to train and it, it just and you don't know what you're getting, but you know what you have in a current employees. That's why it's good to incent them to stay. How did you determine you and your wife determine how much you should give out as a percentage of profits? Well, partly it came from understanding of, you know, how much profit is there to begin with and and choosing a percentage such that we can still operate the business, still have some savings and, and to still draw our own salary. So we, we came up with a number that, that's fair and motivating that allows us to still stay in business, to have some savings and, and to make a living. Got it. Okay. So if I looked at the way, uh, let's say I went into your accounts payable department, the, 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 you know, how you pay your vendors, uh, whatever those vendors may be, maybe it's your utilities or, or, or all the software company you use, your IT company, you know, whatever it may be, would I be able to tell or, or would I be able to see reflected in how you pay your bills, your relationship with Christ? You would. That we do not float our payables. We don't string along our vendors. We pay our bills every week as the bills come in. So so we're not trying to create more income for us by, by not paying our bills and, and then stretching out 30 days, 60 days. You know, we're paying our bills within the week of receiving them. Now, that's easy to do when cash flow is good and the economy is good. And in your business, when houses are closing, uh, how hard was that to do when the economy was Horrible, Because it was horrible here in Tampa Bay for a lot of years. It wasn't just horrible for one year. It was horrible. I mean, closing started slowing down for you in 06, and they slowed all, They were slow t- 2012. And I know 2012 you might have been closing you know, a lot of these people buying rental properties, but in between there, there were some awful years. How, did, how hard was that to pay your bills the minute they came in during those times? It was difficult because there were several poor years. And one, you know, brutal year. And so, you know, but we had to pay out of savings sometimes in order to do that. And we did. Yeah, we, we believed that it was, you know, honoring to God and honoring to our vendors to, to pay when the bills are due. When we come back, I want to talk about, you know, you've got, you've got Christian business friends who who have segmented their lives such that they're, what they do in business is different than what they do at home. Uh, and so their, their Christian walk hasn't impacted their their business yet. And they say, and, and they actually I've, I've had people give me a hard time saying you can't, you can't be a Christian in business. You can't, you know, because Christians in business, they'll never make any money. So you can't apply your Christ-like principles to business. When we come back, I want you to comment on that because I know that you've had people go, Gibbs, you can't do that. It, it just won't work. I mean, and you're, you're crazy to do that. I'm sure you've had people tell you you're crazy to do that. So I want to talk about that when you come back. All right, Gibbs, I was asking the question before the break about, okay, have you had any of your friends tell you, Gibbs, you're nuts. You can't implement this whole Jesus thing in your workplace. You'll never make any money. You can't possibly be profitable if you start implementing this Jesus thing. What's the answer? Have you ever heard anybody tell you that? I have had, you know, a couple of people say, "Well, we, we don't like your on hold, uh, you know, message saying that you're a Christian-owned and operated company, and 
you know, I've just responded, well, that's who we are. It, you know, it doesn't mean that all of our customers have to be a Christian, but it means that we're going to serve our customers with honor and integrity and dignity and, and work our hardest as unto God. And, and it's a pretty good thing. And when people, when you say that to people, when, when they've called you out on it, how do they respond when you tell them those things? Well, there's not much to say other than, you know, they have some customers that are offended by it. And we just come back that, well, we're not sending out any offense. We're sorry if it's taken wrongly, but it's meant just to express who we are, not that everyone else has to think the same way. Mm. No, they they don't have to think the same way. They should. They should recognize that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. But unfortunately, Amen. not everybody not everybody does see that. Okay, so I, I you've got you've got your people involved in ministries because you've 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 allowed them to get involved in ministries as part of sharing the profits of the company. You actually allow their involvement, but you're also really involved in NCF, the National Christian Foundation. Talk to me about that. Well, I was a founding board member about 15 years ago. We only had $30,000 in our entire fund at the time. And uh, just last week, we celebrated hitting our 10-year goal of, of achieving $200 million of facilitated giving in the Tampa Bay area alone. We're part of a $5 billion National Christian Foundation, but our local chapter is one of the fastest growing affiliates in America. And Bob Collins, our illustrious leader. Illustrious. I bet Bob would never describe himself as illustrious. (laughs) Well, I nominated him a couple of years ago to receive the Legacy Award that Impact Tampa Bay gives out, and, and he indeed was the recipient. And he is the most amazing guy that lives out his Christianity and and his generous lifestyle is phenomenal. And he worked the first few years leading our organization for nothing, and his wife as well. Can you imagine anyone doing that? Mm. And so now, as a result, we're, we're able to, to pay him, and he's a retiree from Goldman Sachs. He was managing uh, you know, more than 50 people out of London, and... Uh, managed more than $36 billion of global and European equities. He is a certified financial analyst. He is a a business whiz, a tremendous resource, and... uh, He's going he's gonna to hate that you just went on and on and on about it. He, he, what, what I love about Bob is that the National Christian Foundation is all about providing a way for people to put money in a place that they can then direct to Kingdom Impactful Ministries, but they don't have to put it in today and direct it tomorrow or write the direct check. Sometimes they can put money away and then direct it later. And in the meantime, Bob's going to grow it. Absolutely. We, we serve, you know, hundreds of generous givers, but we also serve dozens of churches and and we, you know, house their foundations and and it's all done electronically on the web and it's so simple you can give without having an envelope, without having to have a stamp and and it just takes less than a minute. You know, once you decide to give, you can even set up monthly giving and, and just set it and forget it, you know, for, for a year, however long you want it. 
So to create that ongoing revenue stream for those missionaries. Before we run out of time, I really want to talk about, you know, you deal with a lot of Christian business people all over Tampa Bay. You've been involved in C12 for a long time. National Christian Foundation is how I got your name. You're, you're involved with, with impact leadership here in Tampa Bay, formerly LifeWork Leadership. You've been, you're, you're connected to a lot of people. What are some words of wisdom you can lay out for people on how to have them incorporate Christ into how they handle money in the business place. What are some things that practically you can help people with? The first thing is having a daily quiet time and and I've added journaling to that. You know, Ed Coble and Dave Dunkel are good friends that inspired me about two and a half years ago and since then, you know, I've had, you know, a quality quiet time virtually every day and journaling along with it to be able to see what God is doing and keeping a record of it that I can leave to, to my children and, and anyone else, that I'm you know, seeking God first, getting to know Him better. It's not about me or Alpha Omega title. You know, it's to God alone be the glory. You know, he owns it all. He's the source of every good thing. And I'd say that, that, that we need to seek godly counsel, that throughout Proverbs, there's numerous verses that speak to having wisdom from a multitude of counselors. Mm-hmm. And even in Impact Tampa Bay, we've originated uh, a, a sub-ministry called the Roundtable. And, and so we gather together once a month, and you know it's essentially a, a group of Christian peers that are able to give counsel one for another as if everyone was on each other's board of directors. And, and they take issues and, and get feedback you know, whether they be personal or professional. And how is that different than C12? Well, in, in this way, C12 is an all-day, once-a-month gathering, and, and then it, it incorporates once-a-month meeting with your chair. In, in my case, I'm part of that, and Scott Hitchcock, you know, comes and gives me a one-on-one for about an hour, hour and a half every month. But with the roundtable... It's less expensive, but it's just a couple of hours once a month, and it's usually during a lunch. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot less expensive. There's so it's it's less really time. just fulfilling that that advisory part that C12 does for you. It doesn't include as much of the mentoring as you're assuming that they're going to get some of that from Impact Tampa Bay when they're involved right. in the Impact Leadership Program. Right. Hmm, cool. All right. So daily quiet time. You're not telling people to start with your finances by looking at You're saying start with the daily quiet time, incorporate journaling, seeking God first and everything, and then seeking godly counsel. Those are great words for how to incorporate. Begin the process of incorporating Christ in your workplace. And I would challenge you to get involved in a ministry like Impact Leadership, like C12. Uh, go to a halftime conference to get involved in having somebody help lead you along the way. All right. As we come to the end of another I Work For Him show. I've got to ask you this question. Do you dream of getting away with your sweetheart and spending some romantic time together? Escape from the business of life and take a detour from routine schedules. Let us do the planning and you just pack your bags. February 5th through the 9th, 2015 will be a treat for you and your spouse. Strengthen your marriage through undistracted time together, group teaching, purposeful discussions, great food, and optional incursions 
and excursions into Cozumel. If this sounds like a dream come true, then plan now to join us for the second annual Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage Retreat sponsored by I Work For Him. Martha and I would like to personally invite you to join us next February. Find out all the details on our website, iworkforhim.com. That's iworkforhim.com. On tomorrow's I Work For Him show, we'll be continuing our discussion on this week's theme, God, Your Wallet, and Your Company Financials. Bob Swatlin, Area Director with Crown Financial Ministries, will be joining us to talk about how we can glorify the Lord with our personal finances. Make sure you tune in tomorrow at 5. The I Work For Him show is all about purposefully equipping vibrantly effective Christ followers in the workplace. So you have to ask yourself, are you a Christ follower? Have you ever come to a place in your life where you've allowed Christ to become Lord of your life? It's the first step in the I Work For Him process. If you want to know more about becoming a Christ follower, just email me, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iworkforhim.com, or message me on Facebook, and we can talk about what it means to become a follower of Jesus. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.